Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of The Thundercast. I'm your host, KD Hudnall. With me, as always, my co-host and partner in crime, Russ Livingood. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. And also, head over to Facebook. Give us a like over there as well. And please, now, you do not want to miss out on any of the content over on the Thundercast YouTube channel. The links to all of our social media are in the description of this episode. Russ, it is a... Landmark episode for us, I think. Sure is. Uh, the description kind of tells it all. Uh, we were fortunate enough to sit down, spend a little bit of time with uh, Marshall football head coach Charles Huff for a really extended deep diving interview. And we'll get into that in a little bit, of course. But first, give me five things that every herd fan needs to know. All right, before we get into these, we're going to have a little bit more uh, that won't be in the five things, but they'll be on next week's show, a little bit more about football, just because this is such a football-centric uh, episode with Coach Huff later. Like always, five things every herd fan needs to know this week is brought to you by Ignite Link, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Number one, love to see this. Infielder Carson McCoy, St. Albans player, Flips his commitment from Louisiana and is now coming to Marshall. Also, we sign catcher Matheson Go. That's kind of a big deal, right? Because uh, we are starting to see instant benefits now that we know who the head coach is at Herd Baseball. Yep. And when you're starting to flip commits in the conference, especially from programs mm -hmm. like Louisiana, are really, really successful. They're really good, yeah. Really successful. Uh, you know, we we are trying to get to the level of some of these other Sunbelt Conference teams. We think we've got the right man in place, and now we're starting to keep some of that homegrown talent at home. you got to love the the uh, direction of herd baseball. It's it's kind of white hot right now, and let's let's hope it stays that way for a while. Yeah. Uh, great to see this of uh, – uh, of any flip in the conference from a program, like you said, but this is a local kid from St. Albans. Uh, heard a lot of great things about him from people that watched him, you know, uh, evolve over the years in, uh, in high school ball and stuff in the area. So welcome Carson McCoy. Heck yeah. And, welcome to the herd. And also welcome Matheson go. All right. Number two, college spring league for men's soccer. We're in it again as, we all know we won it last year, so why not just run it back? <laughs> that seems to be the theme that we're trying to pull here in 2023. Run it back. A lot of running it back. We've we've yeah. uh, seen some of that out of the football program, and uh, we're trying to run it back to the NCAA tournament with the men's basketball program, and they're off and running. And, hey, why not enter this college spring league, spring league tournament as defending champs and run that back too? So That's right. It's soccer season, baby. Let's get it rolling. Yeah, in uh, number three, we have more soccer news. We can talk about the roster a little bit. Um, Matthew Bell, freshman phenom, is coming back. And by the way, uh, Top Drawer Soccer, which is one of the best at uh, coming out with the rankings and the uh, profiles and that sort of thing, 
they had Matthew Bell ranked as the number eighth overall freshman from last year. That's huge in the country. Uh, a lot of soccer uh, programs, um, and he was eighth out of all those. So yeah, let's let's reiterate that. And that's not the conference; that's in the country. Country, country. So the reload, <laughs> as I'm sure you're going to allude to here in a moment, is in full, full swing. But wait, Ron Popeil. There's more. There's more. Uh, we're bringing in and man, just at me and tell me how to pronounce it because <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to butcher it. But Alexander Sternguard, uh transfers in from uh, Quinnipiac, and by the way, he was 49th in top drawer soccer uh, for all freshmen from last year. In 21 games, he had 13 assists and four goals. So he's getting, you know, right at a, a point, a, uh, a game, you know, two points for a goal, one point for assist. He got 21 points in 21 games. So um, much needed offensive firepower, you know, we're losing Yosef and, and stuff like that. Uh, but again, we said reload. That's right. That's what we're doing. Uh, but wait, there's more. We also signed uh, Felipe Short Marrera. And in a little bit of sad news, I can't confirm this. So slight speculation at old so rumor Spain. mill is swirling. Yeah, but uh, word is that uh, Joao Souza has transferred to Pitt, and that uh, senior Gabriel Alves will not be back again. I would love to confirm both of those. Well, actually, I would love to not confirm those, and I'd like to hear that they're both coming back. <laughs> but we would like to have confirmation one way or another. So. Yeah, it, it's one of those rumor mill swirlings that don't be surprised if it happens type thing. Obviously, we'd like to have full complement of all of our players that can return to return. Just makes the herd a more uh, daunting team to have to face for anybody in the Sunbelt Conference and the out-of-conference schedule. But look, we're at now a level that folks want to come here. Top-tier players want to mm -hmm. come here. So... You don't want to say you can weather the storm of losing some great players, but you kind of can because so many great players want to come here and play for this uh, thundering herd men's soccer program that's been so, so successful that's in right. this uh, short duration of time under head coach uh, Chris Grassy. That's right. Uh, let's move on to men's track and field, and we'll talk about them a little bit more in Around the Herd later on. Um, but there's going to be some familiar names on this men's track and field roster and they're coming from the football team. Shocker. How, how often did you mention when we talked about in October when they brought and revived this program back, you mentioned that that has been a long-standing way to get in, you know, uh, some of your uh, speedster athletes yep. that would, you know, obviously it counts toward your football scholarships, but they can also run track. I'm going to run down these alphabetically, and then, you know, you can chime in. Rasheen Ali, which if that doesn't tell you that he's kind of back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, for all those that may still be questioning whether he's going to be back, uh, he's on our spring he's uh, on the soccer or the uh, track and track field, and field team. team. Um, Joshua Bowers, Jaden Harrison, Jacoby Henderson, EJ Horton, Caleb McMillan, and Anthony Turner or AJ Turner. Yeah. A lot of running backs and wide receivers, one defensive back thrown in there, Joshua Bowers. But look, I have, you're right, talked about it 
at length about how important of a tool that a men's track and field program can be for football, football recruiting, and giving those players something to do in the spring to stay competitive, to keep working out. You know, it's not like they're all sitting at home on the couch playing video games, but I'm saying they can be competitive in different disciplines and uh, you techniques know, to increase their explosiveness and yeah. speed and, 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 you know, maybe earn some varsity letters and some accolades in a different discipline, different sport for the herd. So the, a lot of schools around the country do this. A lot of mm-hmm. schools around the country that boast a men's track and field program, use it as a tool to recruit speed on the football program mm-hmm. uh, or for the football program. And now we are going to be able to do that again. And when you couple that with the success we're seeing from the football program, and moving into the Sunbelt Conference, which <laughs> by this point we know what it is, this is just plus after plus after plus for the herd. We knew this was going to be a big move bringing the program back, and this list of guys here just shows you immediately there was a desire to have a track and field team from the men's side here in Huntington, West Virginia. And there are two defensive backs, uh, Jacoby oh. Henderson on there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sorry, Jacoby. My bad. But yeah, you're right. Two DBs, a couple of wide outs and a couple of wide receivers. Um, you know, historically Running what you backs. would think, uh, yeah, it was historically what you would think as their speedier positions. Mm-hmm. And dude, if this helps, you know, if this keeps these dudes active, keeps them uh, dialed in and then, uh, you know, helps them have a more successful football season, thumbs up all the way around. Yeah, and I'll tell you a couple of things that I'm really looking forward to seeing on here on results or if we, you know, get to go to the live meets and everything. Uh, Jaden Harrison is the two-time defending uh, fastest player on Marshall's team when they do that. And, you know, there's time speed and then there's game speed. And from what I saw in the spring game of Jacoby Henderson uh, running down uh, to stop what was a sure touchdown – Everyone said, oh, he's gone. And Henderson with that nonstop motor in game speed is just a little bit different. And I would like to see how, I mean, all these guys really, but I really want to see how fast these guys are in their times and how that translates of them becoming quicker, faster. Those are two different things Mm -hmm. and more explosive. Yeah. It's just pluses all the way around. I can't say that enough. This is a huge deal for the herd from uh, in multiple sports multiple yeah. sports and to wrap us up with number five ben bridges uh signs for men's golf he's a golfer out of ohio uh looks to be very promising from all this stuff so you know we during this we touched on a little bit of everything uh here on the thundercast for those of you who are not familiar with what we do it's news and we cover all sports doesn't yeah. matter what it is so that's a little uh, little indicator from our five things this week. It just worked out that way that we covered a little bit of everything. Well, it, as always, and as per the norm, uh, usually very upbeat and exciting things for these five things. And this is no different this week. So a lot going on. Full, the spring semester is in full swing. We've got some uh, other things that are starting up that we'll talk about later in the episode when we take it around the herd. But look, we got the opportunity to sit down with Coach Huff like I talked about in the intro, and uh, I felt really, really honored that we got to spend the amount of time that we did and that that he shared some of the things that he did with us. So let's get into that interview and, and get that thing rolling. Um, but first, let's get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. 
If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim, but when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Coach Huff, thanks for joining us today. Congratulations on a really good season, nine and four in year number two. This is the first nine-win season for the Herd since 2018. Your first career bowl victory, several all-SBC performers, and national recognition for just about every, if not every, coach on the staff. The Herd overcame some early season adversity to finish an undefeated November and December, all of that. And what many folks, myself included, consider as the number two biggest all-time win in program history and easily the number one biggest all-time win in the FBS era. And that, of course, the early season win in South Bend, Indiana against Notre Dame. Congratulations on a truly historic season for Herd fans. Thank you uh, for giving us a little bit of your time today. No, I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you guys for having me on. I think... Um, this is a good platform for the fans to kind of come and voice um, coffee pot, you know, um, opinions and hear some um, unbiased or unattached kind of thoughts on just, you know, big picture things. And anytime I can help connect the fans to what's really going on, I think it helps them understand why some things happen or why some things don't happen. Um, I'm all about sharing information when uh, appropriate. And, and this is a good opportunity to do it. Good deal. Um, Coach, I'm going to hop right in here and I'm going to ask, uh, we're, we're looking at the off season is in full swing. What uh, through the transfer portal, what positions are you prioritizing right now to make uh, Marshall a better team for next year? Well, um, obviously this transfer portal world that we live in is it's, it's here. It's real. It's not going anywhere. We just got out of the head coaching meetings at the, um, AFCA coaching clinic, which is, you know, a clinic every year where all the coaches basically in America from high school, little league, all the way up to college get together. And we um, got together as an association of, you know, um, FBS head coaches and talked about some of the issues and the transfer portal is not going anywhere. So right. it, it is what it is. It's here. Um, it, and it's a little bit, um, you know, it's, it's loud now because it has a name, but people have been transferring for years. It's just, mm-hmm not at the volume and at the publicity level that it is. So it's not really new. Um, you know, Randy Moss isn't here if it wasn't for a transfer. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have portal attached to it. Um, for us, I think it's important for fans to know, one, um, by the NCAA rule, until a transfer is actually on your campus and goes to a class, um, they're, they're not really yours. So even if they sign or they commit and you see it on social media, Hey, I'm committed to X, Y, and Z university until they actually step foot in class, they can really commit somewhere else. It's not like the high school kids when they sign on signing day, they're yours and you can Mm -hmm. move on. Um, so we're going through that process right now. We have tried to be a little more secretive, um, with, um, who we're recruiting, who we're offering. Um, because again, um, it's a social media world. Um, and as soon as we offer a kid, there's some schools that just mysteriously, as soon as we offer them, they offer. I think yeah. that is not, 
not being cocky. I think some people understand, um, you know, Marshall has a good brand. We have good players. And if we evaluate them and we think they can play for us, then there are schools at our level um, and around our area that think, well, they must be good players, so let's get involved. So we've tried to kind of minimize the publicity on, um, you know, December the 1st or February the 1st, the next signing day, we're going to announce them all. Um, we signed 11 guys or we have 11 guys that we're trying to get the class in this next couple of days. So, for example, mm -hmm. our school started on the 9th of January ad drop ins on Friday. So we have basically a week to get them in class and get them and get them here. Well, there's some other schools that don't start until the 23rd or the 24th. So mm. theoretically, a school could call someone that we've got here on campus that hadn't went to class yet and say, hey, here's an NIL deal for triple what Marshall was offering you and they could pack up and leave. So from a name perspective, we're, we're going to hold those for another two weeks. We're going to have a big signing day event um, that I'm going to try to see if you guys can come do a podcast from, you know, during that event, if that's something that you guys would be interested in. Um, but from positionally, um, I come from the SEC. I come under the Saban tree. Um, O-line and D-line are always going to be a huge priority for us and not just um, some O-line and D-line. We're going to try to get them in droves because mm -hmm. I think look at what we were able to do from year one to year two, we had a good defense in year one, but as the season went on and we wore down up front, uh, you know, we lost some games towards the back end of the season that, you know, we probably could have won if we'd have had more healthy D linemen. Um, so this year we went out, um, you know, and, and recruited heavily at the D line position. Um, we signed last year, I'm talking about five offensive linemen, freshmen. Um, so we feel really good about the progression of those young guys. Obviously, they weren't prepared to play this year, um, but we feel like they're going to be in a really good spot. Um, as you see, this year, our defense was a lot better because up front, we were a lot better and more consistent and more depth. Um, if you break down the numbers, we didn't blitz as much this year as we did last year because we were able to cause havoc with just four D linemen. Um, so this year, the 2023 season moving into, we went out and revamped the D-line. We lost some guys due to graduation that played um, a lot for us, Damian Barber, you know, Anthony Watts, um, you know, some of those guys. So we went out and, and reloaded on the D-line. Um, we also lost some O-linemen, um, you know, Kendrick Sartoris, Adrice Palatine. Um, so we went out and re-upped on the O-line. The other thing that we tried to do is we tried to get a lot of those positions so that we have competition. I think that's the only way that you truly develop as a team, truly develop as a program is if I go to practice every day and I know there's somebody behind me that is as good or better than me, well, then I'm going to practice harder and everybody gets better. You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. So we put a lot of emphasis into the O-line and D-line in this um, transfer portal class. Um, the one thing that I thought was missing um, last year offensively is I didn't think we had enough explosion at the wideout position. Um, we had good wideouts. We had wideouts that have, you know, caught a lot of balls and done a lot of great things, but we didn't have anyone that truly um, put fear in the defensive backfield on the other side, some guy that can flat out run or some guys that just flat out had unbelievable ball skills. Um, so that was an area that we went out and revamped. Um, we went out and, um, 
established or kind of reestablished our tight end position. I think we have some good young players that are here, but obviously losing Devin Miller and Stacey Marshall, we kind of needed, you know, a tight end that can come in um, and really fill the void of, of a wide run blocker, right? We, we've got some guys who can catch the ball down the scene with Toby Payne and Sean Salas, who are young guys. Um, we still need to be able to run the ball efficiently. So we needed a big physical run blocker. Um, and then the other part is I think our defense got a lot better because we were able to play single covers on the back end. Um, I think you saw what Micah Abrams was able to do. I think that was a byproduct of what Stephen Gilmore has done here in the past. Um, you saw what Andre Sam was able to do in replacing um, McCoy. Um, you know, um, Isaiah Norman played a huge role for us, not necessarily in statistics, but in leadership and communication and solidifying, you know, the back end. So we went and, went and revamped ourselves with a couple of DBs as well. Um, obviously, we still have um, a few scholarships left over because you want to go into the spring, see what you have, and, okay, what one or two pieces are going to really put us over the top. Um, so we still have a few left in our pocket that we're going to kind of see once we get through spring. We got some younger guys on our roster um, that, you know, if they develop, they'll be, you know, we'll be really deep or have depth at those positions. If they don't, we got to go out and find somebody to kind of fill that immediate need. So that's kind of what we did, um, you know, as a, as a focal point. Um, this will probably be the last year that we take a lot of transfer portal guys because if you really think about it, the numbers in the transfer portal as of last week were like 1,500 guys. Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, wow, where are these guys going to go? Well, you have to think about it. There's an extra class of players in there because mm -hmm. of COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, next year, that class won't be there. So you're, you're talking about going from 1,500 to probably, you know, seven or 800, you know, still a lot, but not as many. So we'll probably take more high school guys moving forward and kind of fill some voids with the transfer board. I think we still always got to be able to use it, um, but we won't be taking 24 and 10 and 12 like we have in the past. Um, we'll be able to do a little bit more in the high school recruiting realm to try and kind of balance our roster. That's that's interesting. You know, a lot of folks know that there's this COVID class still kind of lingering around there and everybody with their extra year and that's about to run out. And I think that's something that a lot of folks have lost sight of. They yeah. you know, like you say, they see these large portal numbers and they're thinking, man, this is this this is going to be like this forever. And, and it just doesn't sustain. The numbers will be gone by, a, you know, a factor of half, basically. And you answered what I was most intrigued about, I think, when it comes to recruiting, and that's how you manage your scholarship allotment effectively. Uh, and in saying you're you're going to emphasize high school recruiting more next year, that kind of balances out. But it but does it is it always kind of your philosophy to keep one or two in your hip pocket just to see? All right, we we weren't quite where we wanted to be here. Let's see what's out there. So you, get, you can go get an instant impact guy is the term I like to use. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, when you look at our level, um, we're, you know, the high school guys that we take probably are developmental guys, right? We probably aren't getting too many five stars who are plug and play ready. That doesn't mean we're not going to get some young men who can't contribute, right. you know, as a freshman, but it's probably developmental. Well, due to our resources, we don't have the ability to develop a player as fast as some of the bigger schools. So it takes a little bit longer. What may take, you know, a year at Alabama is probably a year and a half or two years here. Why? 
because we don't have, you know, a, a cafeteria nutrition plan where they can go in and eat gourmet, you know, chicken and vegetables. And there's someone there saying, eat two scoops of this and a scoop of that. We don't necessarily have um, the financial breakdown to say, hey, go over to Kroger and spend $300 and this is how you meal prep. You know, some of the things that happen at the bigger schools. Um, also, you'd also don't have the, you know, closets full of the nutritional supplements to say, hey, we're going to put 10 pounds on Johnny every month for the next four months. Um, so the time takes a little bit longer. So you're always going to have to have one or two in your pocket just to say, okay, the maturation of Johnny is taking a little bit longer than, you know, it, it anticipated. How do we still continue to have success on the field while Johnny's developing? Well, you got to go out and get, like you say, an instant impact player. No one wants to hear me talk about development when we're three and nine. Right. Everyone loves to hear development when you're nine and four and how good the back half of our roster are. Yeah, we're going to be great next year. No one wants to hear that when, you know, I mean, we're, we're three and nine and we're playing all freshmen and getting taken out lumps. So the transfer portal, having a couple in our pocket is going to allow us to be competitive. It's going to allow us to sustain success until, you know, Johnny is ready to play. Um, and you can't, there's no like magic wand that says this freshman is going to be ready at this time. You, Cam Fancher is a great example of it, right? You, you don't know when that proverbial light's going to come on and he's going to be in position <clears throat> to kind of play at the level you need him to play. And it's not fair to put time parameters on freshmen. It's not fair to say, well, you've been here three weeks. You should be playing like the seniors. That's not fair. So <laughs> keeping a couple in your pocket allows you to be able to manage um, – you know, the ebbs and flows, someone may get hurt in spring ball, you know, that could change drastically how we look at the season or how we look at a certain position. Um, the reality of it is um, someone could transfer. I mean, the transfer portal is, is a, the door goes both ways. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if someone walks in and, you know, for whatever reason, Hey, I'm transferring to X, Y, and Z school. And that leaves a hole in our roster that we didn't think we were going to have. We can always go back and backfill it with a few leftovers. Coach, I heard that you need someone to figure out how to put on 10 pounds a month, and I'm your dude, man, because the way I eat. <laughs> well, it just doesn't seem to happen that way when your metabolism is in your 19 to 22-year-old window. You know, when you get to our window, it's like, I put on 10 pounds this week. How yeah, did that <laughs> yeah. Too, too much pie. That's my problem. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you, you mentioned Fancher in there. We we struggled at times last year out of the quarterback position with, uh, you know, especially with the offensive mix uh, with running the ball versus throwing the ball. Uh, Two-part question here, if you don't mind. One, give me a little bit of insight of this progression of Cam Fancher as uh, as the season went along and then after he got the, uh, the starts. And uh, two, what are we doing to, uh, or what can we expect, I guess, to have that more of a strength for us next year? Yeah, well, one, um, you know, Cam is really a true freshman when you mm -hmm. really think about it. Okay, yes, he's been here um, a year and he played a little bit in year one. But when you think about it, if you think back to it, Cam is in the COVID class. Mm -hmm. So Cam, when he came in, he didn't get a full offseason normal routine because it was COVID. It was you work out in groups of five and you can't be around more than six people. And, you know, half the fourth quarter program, we shut it down for a week because we had an outbreak. And, you know, so there was a little bit of delay in his progression. Um, I think, you know, when he had the entire spring, 
to kind of grow when Henry was, you know, still finishing his classes at Texas Tech, that helped. But that was really his first spring because his first spring was COVID restricted and Grant was the starter. Um, because of him being a freshman, we had Luke Zaban as the backup. So he still was down the line as far as reps and development. It also plays a fact on your psyche when you're the third quarterback on the roster. You just don't prepare like you're the starter. I mean, you can say it all you want. These guys are not NFL guys. If you're the third option, you're like, okay, the reality of me playing in this game, either something catastrophic has got to happen or we got to blow them out. You know, so mentally you don't have the same, you know, preparation. You'd love to say they do. They don't. Okay. Um, this year, Cam got a full spring, got a full offseason, got a chance to truly develop, grew in the spring, had some bumps and bruises. When we started the season, he was where he would have been if he were the number two last year, where he had a good knowledge of the entire system, but he was only able to master certain things at game speed. Even though he got a full spring, it's different going in the game. You don't know what the defense is going to be. You know you – I mean, it's in the spring, you're not getting tackled, right? So even if you hold the ball too long, it's like, well, they're not going to sack me. They'll run by me. So just some things that come naturally. I think what we did with Cam was really good. We found what he was able to handle, and we kind of let those plays build as the season went on. Um, I think, obviously, going in games when it wasn't completely a blowout, when it wasn't – um, you know, hey, the game's in hand and the twos are in early in the season helped him. Um, I think he grew from that. And I think when he got his opportunity, we were able, we were able to manage um, what he did well. You know what I mean? And we allowed the package to, to grow off of what he did well versus, hey, this is what we do offensively. Mm -hmm. I would say all the way up until the bowl game. And so everybody knows probably Thursday, Wednesday of the last bowl week of practice, Cam started having some back spasms that carried him all the way into the game, probably should not have played, um, but did not want to come out of the game. If anyone was actually watching at the game, every time he came off sideline, he went to the tent and got rolled and got stretched and, you know, got massaged and they're trying to work the spasms out of his back. So no, he didn't throw the ball as well in the last game as, you know, he had in some other games. Everybody's like, oh, he can't throw. Well, you try to throw a football with back spasms. It's not, it's not easy. Um, but what I did see from him was Coach, I'm not coming out of this game. And that's what you want to see from your quarterback. Okay, well, Cam, if you're not going to come out of this game, then you've got to manage the back spasms and still manage the game. And I think what you saw was he was able to do that. If you saw – after the first run on fourth down when he fumbled and got hit, he didn't run the ball anymore, which is not Cam Fancher. Um, but he was able to manage the game. And how do I manage the game? And still, you know, Michael Jordan has the flu. How do I play with the flu? How do I play with back spasms? What we saw is what we anticipated Henry and the rest of the offense being able to do the entire year. You hand it off to Ali. You take some easy passes to Gamage. You hand it off to LeBorn. All of a sudden, you win the game 27-13. That's what we saw. Now, as the game goes on, you know, some of those runs that LeBorn had early in the season that were 30 and 40-yard runs, we've seen Ali make touchdowns. Well, obviously, our, our course got changed, um, and, and things had to change. But I think what we saw from Cam was enough for us to build on moving forward. Obviously, he's still got a huge 
um, you know, learning curve. I think he will be able to build off of what he did this year. Um, I think the team rallied around him. I think what his skill set gives us is, no, he's not Chad Pennington. He's not C.J. Stroud. But what he does is he keeps defenses honest and he's able to keep us out of trouble. You know, what we saw with Henry was when our O-line got challenged, Henry wasn't as mobile. So now some of those plays where a guy is getting beat and he can run him by, we get sacked. Well, now it's second and 15. It's hard to call a game at second and 15 if you don't have Ali. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. What you saw when Cam came in, it wasn't like he threw for 500 every game, but some of those same plays, he stepped up, he ran, he got six yards. Well, now it's second and four. So I think what he brings us is some balance. Uh, what he brings us is some neutralizing defenses. They can't just sit back and blitz and tee off on the quarterback that's standing still. Um, you don't have to be a perfect passer when you are a mobile quarterback. Opposite, Henry was a little better thrower, but not as mobile. So now everything around Henry had to be a little bit more perfect. That's where our uh, idea that we needed some vertical passing threats came in. Because if, you, if you're if you not running by everybody, you can't hold on to the ball forever. Um, and now if you put it all together, you got a mobile quarterback and you're running by people and you have Ali healthy, how explosive can we be offensively? And that's what we're looking forward to. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like um, we have some pieces returning, um, and most of those that we've seen across the social media world have been on the defensive side of the ball that's got us really excited. You know, we remember last year, and we've talked about it this year, some guys walked on senior day and then chose to come back and play like Stephen Gilmore, and we're seeing that again this year. Most folks, I think, when they say, well, they're walking on senior day, they're gone. You know, we just got to count them out. And so far this year, we've seen two guys, at least two guys that I've seen, say they're going to come back. Eli Neal, Micah Abraham, two huge pieces for this herd defense. We personally could not be more thrilled about those two guys making the de decision to come back. And you talk about the continued progression of Cam Fancher and Rasheen uh, returning, hopefully 100% uh, and ready to roll. And we talked about making some moves along the uh, yeah, defensive so and offensive you, line. Before you go, two things. Okay, so my philosophy, just so everyone knows, okay, senior day is a little bit more for the pageantry of senior day. So what we tell our guys in our program is if you don't know if you're going to come back or not, then walk on senior day. Because you've had that moment. It's kind of like walking across the stage at graduation, right? You've had that moment. Your parents can take the pictures. We have to order the jerseys and put the schedule together three weeks in advance to get all of the organization correct. Well, some of these guys don't know if they're going to the NFL with two games left, three games left, four weeks left. So we make the decision on who's going to walk for senior day at the bye week. Because there's so much organization that goes into it, right? You got to order jerseys, you got to order flowers, and then you got to figure out how many people are walking to what yard line. And there's a lot that goes into it. So our guys aren't ready to make that decision. So what we do in our programs, we tell them, if you don't know if you're coming back, just walk. Mm -hmm. And then next year, you don't walk. So so you've, you've already checked the box of, hey, I walked on senior day. I got the picture with my parents. I've, you know, I got my moment. If you come back, you come back. If you don't, you don't. Um, that allows our guys to play the rest of the season, get through the bowl game, have conversations with their parents, have conversations with their uh, 
you know, agents or, you know, find out from the NFL, you know, do I have a chance? They put their name in. Hey, you get a draft grade, you get a non-draft grade. Hey, there's teams that like you. They don't like you. So then, then our guys don't have to make the decision whether they're coming back in the middle of the season. So that's why you see a lot more guys just walk for us than actually, you know, actually exhaust their eligibility. Because I would rather them walk and just say I walk for the parade rather be thinking about in the middle of the season, man, am I going to the NFL or am I going to watch film for this next game? So that's what you see a lot. So that's a little behind the scenes for the fans. Well, that's why a lot of guys walk and, and come back. I tell them, if you have any doubt, then walk. Yeah. You, you don't know anything. Just walk. And then you've walked. You're done. That part of your career is checked. That box is checked. You don't have to say, well, I decided to go to the NFL, you know, and I didn't get to walk for senior day. Yeah, that that, that really doesn't carry any weight. You know, it's yeah. more for, you know, you walked across the stage. It's the degree that you actually, right. you yeah. know, you, you hold on to. Not You don't remember, yeah, I took 37 steps and shook the president's hand. And <laughs> it was a great day. You know, so that's our philosophy. So there's going to be a lot of that, you know, for us. Um, because I don't want our guys thinking about going to the NFL or not. With, with four, five, three games left. I want them thinking about, hey, how are we going to finish this season the right way? So, Makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, it, but, like, historically, fans just think, well, those are guys, those guys are gone now. And it's important to note that that's not always the case. Always and, the case. And for two straight years now, we've seen that. And it's happened in the past. But taking into account those guys that have said, yes, I'm definitely coming back, made the announcement, put it on social media for fans to say, yes. I got to ask you, is there something special that's brewing inside the Shuey building? It, because I think one of the most important things you can do is be recruiting your own guys to come back, right, and continue to stay here. So is there something brewing that's that's potentially really special in 2023 versus what we already saw in 2022? I, I, don't, I don't know if there's something special or if, hey, this is the big run. I, I think what's starting to happen – is our program, our process is starting to work the way that I was selling it to people when I first got here and they really didn't know what I was talking about. We talked about having consistency. We talked about having continuity. We talked about having competition. We talked about sustained success. When that happens, there's a lot of pieces that go into that. Well, a lot of these guys see themselves improving and they're looking at it as an opportunity to continue to improve, not, well, I'm tapped out. I've the best I can do. You know, I've, I've made as many plays as I can't know because we're continuously challenging these guys on and off the field. I think they see themselves improving as men. I think they see themselves improving as football players. And I think they see that if I can continue to improve as much as I can, I can create value for myself on the other end. It's not this deal where it's like, well, I'm not getting challenged. I'm, I've been a starter here for this amount of years, and I've kind of done all I can do. You take a guy like Owen Porter, for example. He had the best year of his life in college this year. Well, that was a progression of when we first got here, working through. He made some hell of a plays, you know, before we got here and last year. But I think this year it really started to click. So now he's in that scenario of, well, I've reached a point in my career where I've never been. Is there more? Yeah, you know I mean, so the, those are the things these guys are starting to realize. I think the other thing it goes to is there are a lot of fans in this community is really good to these guys. 
And that's why I'm like beating people down, like get off social media. Don't beat these guys up because yeah. the, part of this community loves these guys. Mm. And as different as it may be, it's not the beach, it's not Hollywood, but these guys actually love this place and they love the fan interaction. They love the community. Now there's a couple knuckleheads that make it really difficult that that's why I try to, Hey guys, they're not out there trying to drop a pass, you know? Sure. So I do think it all is encompassing. I think the other part is we're doing a better job of educating them on how to create value for themselves, how to maximize their opportunities. So now they're not just thinking, well, I have to do this and go to the NFL. It's, hey, look, I can create value for myself. I can improve my chances by going to the NFL, by staying in college one more year. I can improve my academic situation. We got a lot of guys that have got two degrees or working on master's because, yeah, the NFL is not forever. So I tell them, stay broke as long as you can stay broke because as soon as you get out of here, the real world hits. Mm -hmm. So, again, I think, again, it's a combination of the community. I think it's a combination of Marshall. I think it's a combination of our process and education, which are allowing these guys to think more like adults and not, you know, sophomores and freshmen. I can't wait to get out of college. Um, so I think it's all encompassing. We uh we agree with that because every week we talk about there is no person harder on someone than themselves when they're the one dropping a pass or whatever. Someone mouthing off on a message board, they're not doing it on purpose. Obviously, you want to win every game. You want to do all that. And we talk about that. And we've graded the fans. And sometimes I've been extremely hard on the fans over those vocal few. Not, yeah. not everyone because by and, and I large. Get it, right? I get it. Every fan is invested as much as the kids and we're all, we all want the herd to win. And sometimes frustration gets the best of it. I get it. And no, I know it is not every fan and the majority of the fans get it right. They know, mm -hmm. Hey, they're trying that they, they didn't, and it's not okay not to win. I don't want anybody to think, sure. um, but there is a line where, okay, you can beat up coach off. I'm an adult, but these guys are still kids. And if your kid misses the goal at the soccer game, you don't want Coach Huff booing and, and yelling yeah. and calling him, you know, a bum because he missed the the, the goal and I had two dollars on the game. And yeah, I mean, and I get it, right? We're fans. We get invested. We drink herd beer and we get all old up and and we say things and then we dial it back. But these are the things that I'm trying to get people to understand. When kids have an opportunity to go to another place, which one of our players did this year. One of our really good players did last year to a power five school for a lot of money. It all matters when it helps them stay. I can't match the money unless someone's going to give me NIL out the yin yang to say, hey, Ole Miss offered you 50. Well, here's 50. I can't do that. But what I can offer them, I can offer them comfort in their system. I can offer them support from the community. I can offer them comfort in what they're doing football wise. Um, so, yes, at some point we are going to lose some guys to the portal. I think everyone should be aware of that. And when I say some guys, some really of our good players, starters or whatever. Um, but right now, I think we have a really good hold on these guys collectively. And the fans are included, Coach Huff's included, President's included, AD, you know, you got everybody's included. And no one is is beyond, you know, critique, right? Cam mm -hmm. doesn't play well, trust me. He knows it. And I tell mm -hmm. him very bluntly. Um, and but to me, there's also a line of, OK, all right, move on. Let's go to work. Let's get ready for next week. Yeah. All you Buddhists. We know we stink. Yes. Trust me. We know. 
Um, there's 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 more tears in the locker room after a loss than any other time. Trust me, these guys hate to lose. Yeah. Um, and and I get it. The fans, you you have a right to boo. You buy a ticket, you support, you have a right to boo. But just like we do, we flush it and get ready to go back to work, you know, on, on the next week. And that's what, you know, I think majority of our fans do. So speaking of those fans, and last year we hit a, a rough patch. Uh, offense went down a little bit. Uh, we lost to Bowling Green and then Detroit. That coincided with uh, offensive line coach Eddie Morrissey leaving days before the Bowling Green game. A lot of chatter, a lot of fans pointed to that and said, well, that's the problem with the offense. That's this. Do you agree or disagree and why? I, I don't think that that one mm-hmm. incident was um, the cause. I think it was a collection of things. Um, I think one, um, so regardless of, well, first of all, if you guys realize my track record, I, we go through this every year. We hit a patch of just what the hell are they doing? Last year it was, it was, yeah, I, I get it. I don't know why yet. Okay. Trust me. If I knew why I would fix it. But for whatever reason, we hit a patch last year. It was middle Tennessee and the five turnovers. Remember yeah. it was, yeah. what the hell are they doing? I mean, we should be able to beat middle Tennessee with our eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This year it was, you know, the, the, the bowling green after the big win. Okay. So I haven't figured that out yet. That's why I come to work every day to try to figure <laughs> that patch of whatever. But I think what happened was a collection of things. Okay. One, um, I don't think it was the, um, you know, fall off of after beating Notre Dame that the guys overlooked Bowling Green. I don't think that. I, mean, I was here every day. It was actually probably the total opposite. They were more concerned with trying to beat Bowling Green because of the noise of, oh, you're going to have a big letdown. Mm. Okay. One, excuse me, I do think, um, Losing the O-line coach days before created a hesitance or a break in focus, right? It's kind of like, hey, well, dad didn't come home today. Okay, they're still 18, 19. They weren't like crying and we can't play without him. But it does break a little bit of focus, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing, if you think back to the game, Isaiah Norman sprained his ankle in the Notre Dame game and did not play in the Bowling Green game. Well, we had to move Andre Sam to boundary safety or free safety back, you know, in, in the sky. And we had to end up playing um, carry on Martin at star. Well, if you look at that game, the biggest plays in that game were where they put their best receiver on carry on in some one on one situations. Just not one of his strengths. He has some strength. He does some things really well. Obviously, they found a matchup issue and were able to take advantage of it in some critical situations. I think Carrion Martin ended up playing the rest of the season and played, did some really good things for us. Just in those situations, you get a good receiver playing man coverage on, you know, an average man coverage DB, you're going to have some issues. So I think that was part of it. You flip back, uncharacteristic. Kalen LeBourne fumbles two times going into the end zone. Yep. I don't know if the O-line coach would have had anything to do with Kalen LeBourne fumbling going into the end zone. Um So I think it was a collection of things. Then I do think we had some issues um, with our O-line anyway, with, you know, with pass protecting, they did some good things in the run game. Pass protection took a little bit longer to come on. Well, combine that with Henry, who is a pocket passer, a little bit more um, 
stand in the pocket and throw rather than move. I think that was the first time that we got exposed from a pass protection standpoint, because that was the first time where we had to throw the ball to win. Mm -hmm. If you look back in the Notre Dame game, anytime it was third and six or more, when we had to throw the ball, we either got sacked or there was pressure. We just didn't have as many because we were able to run the ball efficiently. We got some turnovers. We didn't get exposed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a collection. You know, did, did the O-line coach leaving ultimately decide whether we were going to lose to Bowling Green? I don't think so, but I think it was a piece of the puzzle. I think it was a combination of things. Um, well, then when you go to Troy, we lost to the league champions. Mm -hmm. And we lost to them after getting a field goal blocked. I don't think that was the O-line because it was the wing. Um, we lost to them because the first drive of the game, we got a sack fumble that ultimately ended up winning the game for them. Yep, sack sure. fumble touchdown. So is it the end-all, be-all? No. Did it help? Probably not. Is it the only reason? I would say no. Because in that game, again, we had to throw the ball more. We weren't able to hold up as much. We did run the ball efficiently, but because we got in situations where we had to throw it again, I think the getting exposed in the Bowling Green game probably gave them a little bit of confidence moving forward. Um, and I think those two games just happened to come at bad times. Um, and if I knew, if we knew that Troy was going to win the championship, which I mean, they played as about as good as any team in the country, you know, moving forward. And you're really talking a sack fumble, if you take that away, we probably win the game probably 10 to seven mm -hmm. or 10 to three, you know? Um, so I think it probably had a, a bit of it. I don't think it was the cause. I think again, from the fan perspective, it's easy to say, see, I told you so that's why they lost. Well, if LeBorn fumbles twice going into the Notre Dame game, we don't beat Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? It was just, it, it seemed like it was a stacking up of several things that created this perfect storm that was just a little too much to overcome yeah. and that's that, that's kind of what we talked about too I mean how how often do you fumble twice inside the five yard line going into the end zone how long do you one, have this one going through the end zone through like, I mean, yes right see anything like it yeah <laughs> yeah so look we, we talked about Troy and how great they were South Alabama came on really well uh, James Madison proved they were a solid team so where does the herd fit into what we're calling the grand scheme of the Sun Belt Conference? Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're going to be able to be competitive. Um, I don't think we are there yet. Um, there are some resource and structured things that we need to continue to improve on. I think Brad Smith and Christian Spears are making strides to help us get there. Um, obviously, we're not there yet. Um, there's a lot of things that. Um, from a fan perspective, when we run out of the tunnel, you, that they don't even have a clue of what we go through to get to that point, that there are some other teams in this league because they've been um, in this league longer, um, have already kind of, you know, taken the step on, you know, um, this past week, you probably saw the Board of Governors, you know, made some uh, commitments to some salaries and contracts. Well, up until that meeting, we were third to last in salary compensation for our coaches. Well, you know, you probably say, oh, that doesn't matter. Well, it matters. It matters. Sure, it matters. Because if you're going to have good coaches, you got to pay them like the other good coaches. We were yeah. in front of JMU and ULM. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you know, we've made some commitments and we're probably in the middle of the pack, which is it's not where we want to be, but it's better than where we were. Um, you know, from a um, facility standpoint, there are still some things that we have to improve on. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys go to these games, but you take a look at some of Troy's facilities and some of the other facilities um, that we're competing against. It matters um, from a nutrition standpoint. We got to be able to feed our guys a little bit better. Um, you know, it's, you know, we did a study and, you know, I, we lost some guys have lost 10, 15 pounds by the end of the season. Well, it matters if, if Isaiah Gibson starts the year at 305 playing against Notre Dame and he ends the year at 285, that, that matters. You know what I mean? So there are some things that we we've got to do, um, that I think put us to make us competitive. Obviously at the end of the day, we got to catch and throw and, and score and tackle, but, all of those things are, are involved, you know, and I think um, our administration is making the strides um, to get us where we need to be. But I don't think by any means we excuse me, I don't think we're at the top, um, but I think we are at least in a competitive um, jockeying position. So uh, what gets us there besides uh, I mean, what can fans do basically to get us there? Uh, to help out. I know administration, they have to do their thing. Obviously, revenue, we need as much of it as we can to help with that. But what can fans do right now? Me, KD, yep. uh, all of the herd universe, what can we do? Yeah, I, I think we've got to find a way to fill the stadium again. And and that's, you know, it's it's a national issue. And I, and I get it. Our bathrooms aren't great. The Wi-Fi isn't great. The beer lines are long. I mean, there, there's a thousand excuses that we can use, but you don't want to hear me say our O-line coach left. We fumbled the ball. Cam's young. Our O-line is growing. You, you don't want to hear me say that. So we've still got to be able to fill the stadium. What that does is that gives us one revenue. And now we can use some of the revenue that we're using elsewhere. You know, if we're using, if we're getting more revenue from ticket sales, well, we can use that elsewhere. The other thing it does, is it creates an environment that our guys thrive in. You know, you look at, I think two years ago, we went down the app. That environment was electric, mm -hmm. you know, and if we can get that six times a year, it's going to pay benefits. What's it going to do? Because it's going to keep some of these guys that are getting the opportunity to go to other schools. It's going to keep them here. You know, I want to play in front of the fans at the Joe, not, well, I mean, our fans don't even come watch this coach. So why do I stay here? Why not go to, you know, X school and, you know, X conference and play in a good environment? Um, you know, I think, again, there are some things that um, the administration has started to roll out, you know, the Thunder Trust, right? This NIL collective, mm -hmm. um, the Big Green Foundation. You know, there are some things that, and I get it, right? Every fan is not uh, financially fit to just, you know, stroke a check and everybody's happy, but everyone can do a little bit more, you know, right. and, and I think that's what we got to understand. College football has changed and, and I know what the old way used to be and I know how it was 20 years ago and I wish it was still the same, but it's not. Okay. So we're going to have to be more involved in the big green. We're going to have to be more involved in this NIL trust and we're going to have to be more involved as fans. We're going to have to stop coming up with excuses why we don't go to the game. We're going to have to get out of the parking lot. We're going to have to, you know, deal with the troughs in the bathroom and deal with the long beer lines because we've got to be committed to improving. Just like I have to deal with, you know what, we, we don't have our quarterback left, so we got to deal with it. You know I mean? There are things that we all have to deal with. And I think the majority of our fans do, but in order for us to get to where we want to go, just like when you look at us, the back half of our roster has got to get better. 
Mm-hmm. So when someone gets hurt, we're not playing a guy who's not prepared. So the back half of our fan support has got to get better. It doesn't have to be, you know, what, you know, I don't know, Dutch Miller, you know, level, you know, donating, you know what I mean? But it's, it's got to be a little bit better. So if I went to two games last year, I got to go to three this year. You know, if I didn't buy season tickets last year and I can, I got to buy them. If I'm not a big green member, I got to become a big green member. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that. Um, our leadership is is kind of directing some things, but I still think there is the back half of our support, fan support, we can do a little more. I get it. Everyone isn't, you know, in the best position post-COVID and jobs, and I get that. But there are some things that we can do to be a little bit more. Five dollars a month is all Five it takes bucks. to join the big green, man. Every everybody should be able to do that because and I don't want to beat this dead horse because we talk about it almost weekly, but you get that money back because of our amazing vendors and, and businesses around here that give you those discounts. So yeah. everyone should be a big green member because it helps not just football. It helps it's the everything. women's sports. Yes. It helps everything. everything. Yes. And and you know what? If you can't do $5 a month, do $5 one time. Yeah, That's more yeah. than what you did last year. And it, yeah. it just, that's all we need. We don't need to... And if you've kind of watched the, this this process that I talk about, this is not a come in, snap your fingers, win the championship. It's a progression of development over time. And every time we take a step, we're a little bit better this year than we were last year. Hopefully we can you know continue to improve and we'll be a little bit better. And eventually they'll name us Sunbelt champions. Well, when that happens, I don't know, but we got to keep moving closer and closer too. So maybe you can't do – you know, five dollars every month. Send two dollars to the Big Green and say, "This is for Coach Huff's podcast request." This is all I can do. take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, Look, it's it's just really easy. And there's a there is a misconception, and we've ran into this this year alone in doing this podcast, where folks are under the impression, like, "Look, I have to be able to drop a big check in order to be in the Big Green," and it's just not the case. No, you no. can set up an auto draft for as little as five bucks a month, and I'm telling you, if you do that and you get that herd perks card and you utilize that you will make money being part of the big green because your discounts will more than offset five dollars a month a couple of dinners uh, out every year and you've made that 50 bucks back that you're giving to the big green so there's no excuse not to do it we'll have links to join the bit the big green in the description of this episode also we've got to go back and revisit let's talk about nil because that's not going away right it's here to stay and you either adapt with it or you're going to get left behind there's no two ways about it that's the cut and dry of it, and we're seeing it. It's a little bit of the Wild West right now with how things go. There's not too much regulation, but, again, a, a little bit of a two-part type question. How are we looking? How is the herd looking in that space, and where do we need help? What can we do to help? Yeah, well, um, they have the the Thunder Trust, which mm-hmm. is the kind of governing body to make sure everything that we do is legal, it's certified. It's you know documented the right way. Um, we need to donate to the Thunder Trust. You know, I mean, we we gotta get money. It's it's a Thunder Trust, but it's also like a bank account. If you don't put anything in it, it's hard to withdraw some out of it. Um, and we've got to find a way. I think you saw we had the bowl ring kind of initiative mm-hmm. um, this past week. And no, right, the bowl ring is not worth two thousand dollars. We know that. We're not trying to get over on anybody, but we're trying to create money to mm-hmm. put into the Thunder Trust. And how do yeah. we do that? Well, you know, you, you buy the ring. It's a souvenir piece. It goes on your wall, your mantle. Um, you know, the first Sunbelt Bowl Championship. And you've also helped donate to the Thunder Trust. 
Um, we could just flat out ask for money like peddlers, but we want to give you something for it. So um, we're going to do some initiatives. We're going to do the same thing with the black helmets coming up. You know, hey, you get your you know autograph helmet and it goes to the Thunder Trust. But again, when School X, which happened a week ago, calls Player X and says, hey, you can come to this school and we got to a nice NLL package. At some point, I'm just letting people know, we're going to start losing players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, kids are saying, well, I don't know if that's the best decision for me. I got one year left. I've been here, yada, yada, yada. We're going to start losing players. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we have to be in a position to match dollar for dollar with the big schools. But it's really hard for me to tell a player, school X is going to offer you $40,000 a year, and we're going to give you nothing. Yeah. Right. Stay here, though. <laughs> Stay here. We want you to stay here. <laughs> I'm not saying that we got to go dollar for dollar and we got to, you know, be throwing, you know, these Google numbers at our student athletes, but you got to do something. You know, you guys have all turned down, all of us have turned down jobs for more money because we were in a better situation with people we enjoyed or, you know, our family situation, whatever. Hey, I could have took a job across the country and made double my money, but being here where I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable. It, it, it fits my family, but you're still getting paid. Yes. So it's not like you turned away triple your salary to get nothing. So we've got to be able to use it. We've also got to be able to have enough to go both ways, to retain our current players, to attract the other players. If three other Sunbelt schools are offering a player money and we're saying, come play for the herd, it doesn't work that way anymore. Like they all know Randy Moss. They know Chad Pennington. They know Byron Leftwich. <laughs> they can know those three guys at another school. Correct. It, it doesn't work that way anymore. Now it's what can you do to create value for myself? How can coming to your school help me create value? And the majority of the players that we're dealing with aren't looking for 200 grand, 300 grand. What they're looking for is coach. I have a kid. Yeah. How can I help feed my kid? Coach, my, my parents or you know, my, my mom has got three other kids in the house. She works two jobs. How can I help make it easier on her? They're mm-hmm. not looking to say, well, I want $100,000 so I can go buy Jordans or go buy an Xbox. Yeah. They're, they're, they're saying, okay, how can you help me be more comfortable mm-hmm. while I'm still playing in college? And that's yeah. really what we're doing. I think a lot of times people think we're competing with C.J. Stroud and his Mercedes-Benz dealer. That's not, that's not us. What we're trying to do is provide an opportunity for these young men that come in to be a little more comfortable, to be a little bit more stable. So that way that the the $1,300 or $1,400 they get in their check, you know, that we give them from a school cost of attendance, it takes seven or $800 out for rent, take another $100 out for electric, you pay your phone bill, the kids end up with $50 a month. Mm-hmm. That's about what our kids end up with. Yeah. And I know, you know they're getting a scholarship and they're, they're in football. Yeah, I, I get all of that. But $50 a month is hard to live with. You can't it even is. go to Chipotle yeah. twice. Right. So we've got to come up with a way to make it to where they have $300 a month. That, that's all That's all we're trying to do. We're not trying to make them richer than the coaches. We're not trying to make them richer than, you know, we're, we're trying to make it so when the kid has a decision, okay, do I buy formula for my kid or do I buy a hamburger for myself? That's not a decision a 19-year-old kid should be making. Now, right. you could also make the argument he shouldn't have a kid if he's not ready. All of those things make sense, but that's where we are. Do I pay my electric or do I buy a pizza? 
Yeah. Not a good decision to start teaching 20 year olds to opt out of paying bills on time to eat. So that's what we're trying to do with this NIL space. Obviously, we need money to do that. Right. We need to be able to have a pot to go to. They, I'm out of it. So it's not like I give it to the good players or bad players. They have to go to the trust so that it's equally you know, distributed. It's not all of it's going to Rasheen Ali and none to, you know, this guy or whatever it may be. But the trust allows us to equally distribute. And this is a problem for all athletics, not just football. Right. So the volleyball girl who's got to make a decision, do I buy a pizza or do I pay my electric? That's that's where our kids are. So that's where we have to go. And that's where and I and I made the statement, you know, in the media, we've all got to be ready to do more. That's just where college athletics is. If you want to see Marshall, the school you love, the brand you love, continue to have success, the same way I've got to work more hours because of the transfer portal, the same way I've got to work more hours because of where we are with NIL, we all got to do just a little bit more. We can't say, well, I'm not doing that. We didn't do that, and we won the national championship in 1999. That's where we'll be stuck. We'll be stuck in 1999. Um, But the world's moving forward. We've got to move forward. And it takes all of us because one person can't just keep sustaining, you know, martial athletics. We all got to do a little bit more. Yeah. One one person does not a herd make. That's why we are a herd. And it takes all of us to to drive this train forward. And again, the Thunder Trust, you can find them on the Internet at thethundertrust.com. Again, we'll have links to the Thunder Trust in the description. And this is very much in the same vein of the big green, you don't have to have a million dollars to become a supporter in the Thunder Trust. Uh, I'm sure they will gladly work with you to accept whatever fits into your personal budget. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is we've all got to just do a little all bit. If us. we want to make a run to the playoff, then we've got to be able to step up and play off capacity for the fans. We know that's an expansion and it's happening. If we want to be in the forefront of that, be ready to step your game up. And we've talked about, think about it. Our, our average attendance was like you know 23,000, 24,000, whatever. Okay. Let's just say everybody donated a dollar. That's $24,000 right there in the NIL Thunder Trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could basically take care of my entire team with $24,000. Yeah. On a dollar a person. Yeah. Dollar a person. That's really what we're saying. Four quarters. Right. Four. Yeah. It's worth a dollar for me to sit in a herd game for four quarters. That's worth an extra dollar <laughs> yeah. to me. That's it. I'm just yeah. saying. But, you know, and, and, and that's where, you know, we got to be mindful. They're like, well, well, ticket prices are going up. Well, we've got to make the money somewhere, somehow. We, we mm-hmm. can't keep, you know, giving the, you know, the $5 ticket and the $2 program and the $3 beer. Like, we, we've got to make it somewhere. And no, we're not trying to make tickets $70 and we're not trying to, beyond our means, but we've got to be able to stay in the race. We won't make the college football playoffs by hope. It's going to take work by myself, by the team, by the administration, by the community. Yeah. We we can't continually try to do everything on a shoestring budget. I think we know that. I think, I, I mean, I know, I know that. And we've been, that's one of the things we're trying to do with this show is galvanize this fan base a little bit more. They're passionate and they care. 
but uh, sometimes it's hard to get them to part with their hard-earned money. I get it. I don't have a ton of it either. But uh, when it's time to step up, I try to step up. And that's all we want. Whatever you can do, we want you to do. We want us all to help push forward. Russell, let's let's make it a little bit fun because I know Coach has got to get the hell out of here, man. We, we've <laughs> had him forever. This is great and all, but he's got a football program to run. Uh, let's, let's, let's make it a little lighthearted and fun before we get out of here uh, just to, you know, cap this thing off. Coach, I ask hard-hitting questions. I'm going to put you on the spot. Greatest pro- greatest professional wrestler of all time. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, Hell wow. Yeah. There you go. The best there yeah. was, the best there ever was. Man, you know, I got a, my brother-in-law is going to love to hear that. That's his favorite <laughs> as well. <laughs> that that That's that's awesome. Um, I don't know what else to say. Um, Russ, Russ, I will set Russ up for this one. Russ is a, a little bit of a foodie. Right. So I'm going to let him ask you his custom Russ living good question, because I'm actually kind of anxious to hear what would go into this as well. All right. So, Coach, I used to down at the Union Pub and Grill, I used to own the kitchen inside there and I made uh, sandwiches based on local, not just athletics and and stuff from Marshall, but Huntington people. I, I made the Keith Morehouse, for instance. What would be on the Charles Huff? on the menu if you got to decide what's on the Charles Huff for the sandwich. I'm going the 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 donut burger. Oh Ooh. that's great. That's Damn. good. Donut now, you... bun, burger inside. That's a like thing. Krispy Kreme glaze. With yeah, the it's burger. a thing. What the hell's what? wrong with you? It's a Probably. thing. He's, he's, he's a little guy. The Luther, he, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he probably eats avocado and stuff. Hell like no. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand avocado. Good Lord. Now, look, I'm born and raised West Virginia. I might live down here in Florida right now, but I'm born and raised West Virginia. I just did not know a donut burger was a thing, but that Man, sounds freaking it amazing. Called, it was called the Luther after Luther Vandross. Yeah. Who, yeah. you know, if you don't like Luther Vandross, why don't you get the hell out? Well, yeah. okay. That's going to segue <laughs> me into my my go-to, right? Because when it's time to vibe, you got work to do and you got to focus. What is it that you put on? What's 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 the, the CD, the album, whatever your age range is that you go to? What is it that never gets old? What do you have to put on to play to get in that mindset to do what you need to do? Hey, I'm a 90s country fan. I mean, that's just that, that's to my go-to. Um, you know, I'm Alan Jackson, I'm, you know, George Strait, you know, that, that's, that, that's my go-to Billy Ray Cyrus. You know, I, I'm a little, I'm a little older in mind and I am in looks and body. <laughs> um, so I, I'm a nineties country fan. Dang. That's awesome. I, yeah. I would have, I would have, I mean, I figured something nineties, but I wasn't expecting to hear like Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> and Alan Jackson, but that's, yeah. You're speaking to the to the very heartbeat of the herd fan base, I feel like right now. That's it. Like, That's it. This is like the West Virginia Chattahoochee. Gee, many Christmas. So look, let, let's close it out with this one then. Uh thinking back to when you were offered the job, right? And I remember uh the videos that were shot of you inside the Joan. It was at nighttime. You arrived in Huntington and you said, Yeah, I can win here. So what was it about Marshall? That was like this is this is where I need to be right now. What is it about Marshall for you? Why Marshall? Yeah, I think again the the fan base, the passion and the enthusiasm that they have, win or lose. And and I know we we always get on the, the handful that you know make it hard, but the majority of the fans, win or lose, are so passionate about their university. They care about these players. 
which creates a foundation for success. And I always wanted to be at a place where the games mattered, where every game mattered, you know, because once that happens, you can build on that. Um, it's hard when, you know, there's some places where there's so much going on around that you don't even know a college game is going on. I worked at Vanderbilt University, and some people didn't even know Vanderbilt was in Nashville. I mean, it's just because there's so much going on. But, like, people know the Marshall brand. People know Huntington. This community, like, thrives and lives off of what we do on game days. And I would say we, all athletics. And I wanted to be a part where it hurt so much when it lost and it felt so good when when you win. Um, because that's what gets me here every day at 530. That's what makes me, you know, want to, you know, people looked at me and said, man, you had so much passion, you know, off the, off the bowl win. That, that wasn't for me. That was for the 125 kids in the locker room that I know the stories and the troubles and the issues that went on all season and guys coming to me and, hey, you know, coach, my, my, my mom's boyfriend is beating on her and I can't go home to help her. You know, hey, coach, my mom's lights got cut off. Hey, coach, my girlfriend's, you know, threatening to kill herself. Hey, coach, you know, I, I don't feel like I don't I don't feel like anybody and my family even cares about me, but this is a wow. place that I want to be at. And that's what that passion was for, for the guys who I meet over at sheets and say, coach, you, you make us happy. You make us so happy when you, when you win. And for people that, you know, walked up to me after the Notre game said, this is the best day of my life. Yeah. That's what that joy is for. Because again, we ask so much, right? We're asking the fans to give, we're asking the players to buy in and we really don't know if you're going to get your reward, right? You you, you hope yeah. that, hey, you got a plan, you trust the process, but you don't know. But for the kids that actually get their reward, and if you watched how quickly I passed the trophy, it wasn't for me. I want you guys to have this. I was happy because every time I said, hey, stick to it, it's going to work out. Just trust the process. Control what you can control. Every time I said that, in the back of my mind, I'm like, God, I hope this is right. God, I hope this young man gets an opportunity to really reap what he's put giving to us. And in that moment, we did. Like, that's what the excitement was for. Yeah, I was happy we won the bowl game. But it was more excitement for everybody involved, fans, players, everybody, reaping their reward. Sometimes in life, you don't get to. Sometimes in life, you do everything right. You go to work every day. And boss walks in and says, hey, you're getting laid off. Sometimes you just don't get those moments in life. And that moment, I really felt like everything that this entire community and organization poured into this season, we got to be called champions at the end. Now, we still got things to improve on. We want to get better. But that moment was for them. For me, it's. Okay, good. All right, let's figure out what we got to do next year to, you know, get these guys back. And we got recruiting next weekend. You know, but for them, that moment was special. Yeah, don't be. But you ain't fooling me. For ten minutes, that was like this pretty sweet. <laughs> I want to. I want my first bowl game. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was good. And I think again, it, it's kind of like you guys with this show. Like, it's not necessarily the show. It's the moments together. And yeah. it was pretty sweet because of the family that was behind me or the family that was on that field. And like winning it with these guys was like, man, that's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. I can feel that. But you're still, I mean, I get it. You're you're a team guy, team first team, but still the mm -hmm. first one is pretty damn sweet. So you're like, yeah, oh, that's pretty, that, that pretty awesome. Let me yeah. pass this trophy, but that's pretty badass. I'm glad yeah. I got that dub. All right, coach. One more thing that yeah. I didn't ask, but you were talking about 
uh, NIL and these kids that have a choice to, uh, to go to another school or something like that. So on the spot again, what do you say to people when your name comes up for being up for these other jobs and stuff like that about, you know, uh, Hey, coaches here for a, for a a leapfrog. It's a stepping stone. He's going to get out of here. And uh, what do you say? Really good. One, um, I, I think it's always easy to say, I told you so. So pe- people are going to say that, right? At some point, either they're going to fire me or I'm going to leave. That's just the evolution of coaching, whether that's tomorrow or that's 30 years from now, right? They fired mm-hmm. Coach Pruitt. I mean, the guy or the guy left, okay? So it, it's going to happen. And it's easier to say, I told you so, whether I was here mm-hmm. 10 years or whether I was here 10 days. That's the first thing. The second thing is I think there's a little bit of um, unclarity with there's a difference between Joe Smo who creates a list of potential candidates for an open job and the reality of being involved in that job. So every time that you see my name connected to a job, well, Joe Smo can put up a top five candidate list and hit retweet a thousand times and he's got a thousand retweets. Right. Who knows if Joe Smo has any connection to the committee? Who knows if Joe Smo is even in any of the meetings? No one knows. The other part is, as a minority, I am one of the few head coaching minorities who is having success, who is movable. Right. When I say movable, Mel Tucker's got a 10 year deal. He's not movable. James Franklin's got a 10 year deal. He's not movable. So, again, so typically, obviously, we've gone through a lot in this country. Whenever there's a search, there has to be a minority name included. Right. We've 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 gotten to that point. Well, because of the success we've had, which is a good thing, it's easy for Joe Smo to say, all right, I got a top five and I got to have a minority in it. Charles Huff. Okay, so, again, that creates a little bit of confusion. There's language in my contract that any conversation I have with any other school, I have to let President Smith and Christian Spears know first. So there is no backdoor conversations. There is no, you know, oh, well, he talked, I heard his name was up for this and he talked that. So it's very clear in our bill. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Last year, everyone thought I was going to Virginia Tech. Remember? Mm -hmm. Everybody's up for it. I never heard from anyone connected to the search. Never. Not one conversation. I didn't talk to one AD. I didn't talk to one search firm. My agent didn't talk to one search firm. But because I'm from the area, went to school in the area, a good recruiter, and we're having success, well, he's got to be going to Virginia Tech. I told you he was gone. I told you he didn't want to be here. Well, I I didn't have a conversation with anybody. The final piece, which this is different, and I I explained this to Brad Smith on our um, you know, year year in review and and making sure that, you know, coach, we just want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to, you know, make it comfortable for you to be here. I'm going to be at Marshall as long as I can sustain success. Because when I can no longer sustain success, you're going to fire me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> so as long as we can sustain success, I'm going to be here. That doesn't mean win championships. That doesn't mean win every game. But as long as we can continue to close the gap. Yeah, I understand we're not made of money. We're not going to go from third to the last to first. I'm not asking for any more money. I haven't asked for any more money. You're not going to see a contract come out with, you know, Huff getting a raise. I don't want to raise. What do I want to do? I want to improve facilities. I want to improve staff salary. I want to improve things for the players. 
So as long as I can continue to win, I'm going to be here because as long as I can continue to win, I don't have to go anywhere else. The final piece, as a minority, anytime someone does want to have a conversation with me, I have to have that conversation out of minority representation because if I don't, then the committee is going to say, well, we reached out to a minority. He did not want to interview. So now we move on. So I owe it to all the other minority candidates that are trying to get in those seats to at least have the conversation. I may not be going. I've turned down three jobs since I've been here. No one even knows that. I may not go. But if I do an interview or I do a phone call and I do well, that committee may say, you know what? Charles Huff was not interested, but let's see someone else who has the profile like him because we were so impressed with what he said. They may call another running back coach who is not a coordinator, who is a special team coordinator, who's a young minority recruiter. Well, if I don't do it, then they're going to say, well, we tried to talk to a minority. He didn't want to talk to us, so we moved on. And I'm stunning the growth of all other minorities, not just African-Americans, but Latin and Latino-American, Mexican and we're trying to fight this deal, which we shouldn't be in America, but that's where we are. Sure. We're trying to fight the deal, not of competence, but of opportunity. Yes, there is a lot of competent minorities of all races, but we aren't getting the opportunities. So when one gets an opportunity, I owe it to everyone else in the race to at least have the conversation, put my best foot forward, tell them my plan and my vision why or how do they understand a person who wasn't a coordinator is able to be a head coach and have success? And you know what? Right now is not the time for me to be at your university. Thank you. Final piece. So I've interviewed for jobs before I got to Marshall. One of the jobs I interviewed for, Deborah Bidenton, who is now our CFO, who Christian Spears hired, was on a committee that I interviewed for four years ago. And she felt like I did such a phenomenal job in that interview that she thought that that school should have hired me. She left that meeting saying, wow, this guy is really sharp. Well, now I work for her. So how much easier is our relationship now that yeah. she already had that? So I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. So yes, I if there's an opportunity for me to speak to other schools that interest me, or may have an opportunity for me to grow. Yeah, I'm going to have that conversation. But I also know what we have here. I also know what we're building here. So yeah, it may be more money. The three schools I turned down was a lot more money. But does it make more sense? Can we mm -hmm. still be successful here? Can we sustain success here? So yes, there's going to be opportunities that Joe Smo is going to write a list. I mean, I, I saw one, one guy, one fan uh, DM me and said, Coach, I hope you don't go to Nebraska. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. I'm not going to Nebraska. What are we talking about right now? I, I saw your name up for the Nebraska. What, what, what are you talking about right now? But I get it because of podcasts like this that are not as viable as you guys. They throw names out, and Johnny reads it on the message board. Well, I heard Coach Up was going to X, Y, and Z school. Trust me, what we're doing here is special. There's going to come a time. I'm not one of these coaches that's going to give you coach speak. There's going to come a time when I'm going to move on, hopefully by my choice and not by Brad Smith and Christian Spears and the board's choice. But there's going to come a time. But again, as long as I can sustain success here, I don't have to go anywhere. 
because what everything that I'm looking for from a professional standpoint, we're able to do here right now. Now, when that changes, 10 years down the road, five years down the road, if this NIL thing gets so out of whack that we can't keep our players and we can't recruit and I'm going to roll out multiple three win seasons. Yeah. Then you're going to get rid of me. Right. I mean, so the, the narrative of he's chasing all these jobs, his name's up for all these jobs is actually a good thing. You want people to say, man, your wife looks good. You don't want people to say, yeah, glad you married her. Cause I don't want her. <laughs> You want people to want your football coach. But Wait, you were also- you talking to me? <laughs> no, no, this, this is not, definitely not you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think you want people to recognize the success that your program is having. But you also want to make it so good that your coach, your AD, your president doesn't need to leave to just chase the next flashy thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. really does. I, I, I will be the first to say that I am really thrilled with the staff we've put together. You've put, not me. Yeah. I didn't have any word in it at all. It's all of us. Sadly. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why you're not calling, but uh, <laughs> I trust your judgment. <laughs> but uh, I'm thrilled with the lineup that we have patrolling our sidelines. Each and every one of these guys comes to work every day. They're doing things the right way. They're guys that we enjoy following the trajectory of their careers and what they're doing with our players, our administrative staff, Christian and, and, and uh, Mr. Smith, all those guys, it seems like a big, huge breath of fresh air. That's one giant inhale for the last year. It's great. And uh, it's a really great time to be a herd fan. It's a really great time to get involved more than you are now. Yeah. Uh, It's somewhat comforting to know that you're not, on the next flight out to Nebraska. Thank you. Uh, we, we would like to keep a lot of here. corn, a lot of corn out there. A lot of corn out there. We would like no, to, no, it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we would like to keep you here as long as we can because um, we like to think that we've been trusting the process. You've been selling that since you got here and we're trying to trust it and it's paying dividends, right? Plus two years, plus two wins year over year everything's moving upward and I don't know how we can not get behind that. I know we are, we, we like what we're seeing in real times multiple times this year. I kept saying, I hope folks are appreciating what we're seeing in real time. Instead of saying five years from now, man, remember that 2022 team, they were really dominant. Like I've reached the point in my life to where I take stock of things in real time and appreciate them in real time. And it's, it's something I wish and I hope more folks are able to do. Uh, we want to thank you for giving us way more of your time than you probably should have. I mean, we're just two knuckleheads having a good time with the Marshall podcast and we can't thank you enough for spending a little bit of your afternoon with us. We wish you continued success, obviously, because we love watching it go down every Saturday. We're going to keep our nose firmly to the grindstone and follow all the goings on with the herd. We're looking forward to spring ball and everything that goes along with that and, and all the position battles and the, and the recruiting and everything, there's really, we just can't get enough of it. And I know herd fans can't either. Um, if by some crazy reason you'd like to come back and talk to us a little bit more, we'd love to have you anytime. If you'd like to walk down the hallway and tell Clint or Lance or any of those <laughs> other guys, Hey, get your ass on the podcast and talk about your defense. We'd like to have them too. Russ, if you got anything for coach up, I'm just going to say thank you. And I'm going to bow out of the conversation. No, Coach, thanks again. Reiterate everything that KD said. Uh, we love what you're doing here. 
And just on a personal level, we are both big green members, but the show is a big green member. Uh, you know, we are all about trying to, we bought season tickets to every ticketed event and try to give them away. So we're trying to do some of the same things that you were talking about uh, to try to get more of the fans involved and, and coming. And we hope that uh, by leading by example, that we'll get more of that so we can continue to just go onward and upward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, again, I, I, I don't want the, the majority of the fans to think that we don't recognize what they do. Yeah. Um, and I do recognize that the majority of the fans, I mean, you even look at basketball and what's starting to happen in the basketball arena and the amount of people that are starting to come to game. I think the fans are um, understanding that the college football and college athletics landscape is changing. Um, we just can't get caught walking while everyone else is running. Yeah. And that's what we just got to be mindful of. And I, I think, again, like you said, this year has been just a, a, a big breath of fresh air for everyone. Um, and as much as we live in the moment and enjoy what we just watch and enjoy what's happening over in basketball, and, and I'm excited for what's going to happen in baseball and softball and the track team is and we got a track team now and just as we understand that, you know, what's happening, we, we also got to understand that it, 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 it doesn't fuel itself. You know, we need everyone to keep pushing. We need everyone to keep doing a little bit more so we can create more of those moments. We shouldn't go another. When was the last time we beat Kansas State? Was that 1993? 2003. 2003. We shouldn't go another 19 years before we have that type of moment again. You know, and right. how do we do that? We got to keep pushing the needle. So, I know it doesn't happen overnight, um, but we don't need 19 years in between those moments. Again, you know, we need, you know, more months, 19 months yeah. <laughs> in between those moments or 19 days in between those moments with basketball and the other sports. And and trust me, I, I can't tell the fans that, yes, we hammer the few. And it's kind of like when you coach a team, you're always yelling at the one guy in the back when the other 88 guys are in the front. But we're all in this together. And we're only as strong as our weakest herd member. And the stronger the herd, the stronger the pack. So we got to continue to to push everything forward. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. We're going to give you, you your afternoon yeah. back. <laughs> Go herd. That's all I can say at this point, right? Absolutely. Go herd, man. Appreciate Go you herd. guys. We appreciate Coach Huff sitting down with us for as long as he did. We did not expect to have that much of this busy man's time. So, a sincere heartfelt thank you goes out from both Russ and I for sitting down and spending the time with us, pulling the curtain back a little bit and letting not only us, but but the fan base in a little closer to the football program that we all love so much. But for now, Russ, let's take this bad boy around the herd. All right, we're going to start off with swimming and diving. Their first home meet is this Friday at 5 p.m., and that uh, they will be hosting Ohio. And then Saturday morning, they'll finish the weekend meet hosting JMU at 10.30 a.m. Besides it being the first of the the year, um, what I thought was really cool is they have a very cool fundraiser that they're going to be doing that's a 50-50 kind of split the pot deal, but they're going to have like a hula hoop out in, or a pool noodle. I don't know what they're going to do exactly, but it's going to be floating out in the pool and fans will purchase a rubber ducky that they get to heave or fling out into. And if you get in the floating circle, however many people are in there, get to split that 50, 50% goes to the team, 
50 percent uh to their championship fund and then 50 percent goes to one or however many people get in that ring i think that's genius man that's great <laughs> i mean that's something unique right that's i mean yeah. what do you do you know you 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 have like the half court shot or yeah. you know you try to uh kick the field goal or something what do you do in the pool it's not like you can go hey climb up on the high dive the triple lindy <laughs> <laughs> and bust out a triple lindy right yeah it's, Test the wind and see how it goes. I'm just saying cannonball contest, and we'll call <laughs> up our good friend James Armstrong. And uh, uh, I'll tell you what we can't do. We can't. Let's <laughs> let's take it back to when we were in school. We've talked about this before. We yeah. will not be swimming and running and <laughs> trying to do some sort of, what was that, biathlon? Biathlon. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, and we won't be recruiting ourselves from the <laughs> Pizza Hut buffet to get in the pool and then run for what was – I think about 80 miles that I had to run. <laughs> but look, it, it, this is an excellent opportunity to get out and support the swim and dive program, right? It's, mm -hmm. I uh, have not been fortunate enough to go and watch a swim meet at home. And I think that would be really cool to check out. Yeah. Um. So this is your opportunity to do that. The first of a couple, I imagine. And we're still on the quest to steal us a championship in the Missouri Valley conference this year and, and just be, um, Conference champions, what do you? What would you call that? Like one and done, em emeritus or yeah. something <laughs> like that. Your your champions forever. I yeah. don't know, but get out there and support them. Heck, buy a rubber ducky and give it a fling into the hoop. Maybe you'll win a little bit of loot. Um, highly doubtful you'll be asked to perform some sort of diving technique from the high dive for your 50 50 spot or pot, but that'd be pretty cool. No jack knives. No, no jack knives. <laughs> uh, Switch on over to men's and women's track and field, like we had discussed when we were talking about uh, the football players uh, on the men's team. This will be the first official, uh, man, right at 20 years. I think it's 19 years, 17 years, something like that. I can't remember if it's 2003, 2005 was the last time that we had uh, the program for the men's team. This will be their first official meet since the uh, revival of that program in October, that announcement, the women are also competing. So it'll be the men and the women competing at the Marshall classic. And this is on Saturday events. Uh, the schedule starts at 10 AM with the field events and it runs through probably around 4 15, 4 30. So if you're over in that area and you want to hit up a little bit of both, you know, go to the natatorium and then go over to the Chris Klein indoor track. There, there have been a few times this year already where you've been, you've had the opportunity to double dip, right? Mm -hmm. And this past weekend was one of those because you got to take in a men's and women's basketball game on Saturday, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Mm -hmm. But earlier we had the opportunity to see a, a track meet and then go to a basketball game. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool when you can do that, and, and it's it's some of those scheduling happy accidents that allow you to take in some herd athletics on a Saturday, go eat some lunch, and just kind of make a day out of it. Yeah. If you've got really – if you're looking for something to do on a particular Saturday, I mean, what this is two excellent opportunities to do. And you're indoors. It's not like you're going to be outside freezing. You took us off. You can go enjoy some uh, track and field and then – um, go over and, and what was the other event? I can't remember. Oh, the, uh, swimming and diving, take in the swimming and diving two things that I wish that I could have 
had the opportunity to take in when I was in Huntington. And maybe when, you know, if, 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 I don't know, the uh, planets align and I'm able to do that stuff, I'd like to have the opportunity to do that again. I just think it would be really cool to, uh, to be there live for something other than football or basketball. Not that I don't love going to those things, but you know, I've developed a, a newfound appreciation for some of these sports and, uh, since we've been doing this particularly since we've been doing the thundercast because you start to find out man we've got real talented athletes across every team and every sport that we have in the athletic part department it just goes unnoticed a lot of times and you know that's part of the reason we're here because a lot of that stuff needs brought to light and fans need to know how talented we are at a lot of different sports and they all deserve your support so if it's on the schedule and you're just sitting around the house, get out of the house. Go to the Chris Klein Center. Go to the natatorium. Right. Take that stuff in. And uh, please forgive me, but I had to put a lozenge in. I I don't want to hack the rest of this uh, <laughs> this episode away, but I am not doing very well uh, with this sickness. It just it's been going on for three weeks. All right, so uh, women's basketball. Back on Thursday of last week, they lost to JMU. Uh, 74 to 67 and then Saturday which I want to talk a lot about after I get the rest of the scheduling out of the way that was the first of those uh, double headers you were just talking about mm -hmm. uh, they lost to Georgia Southern uh, at home 83 to 80 they play at Coastal Thursday night this episode we're hoping will be up before that um, and it'll be at Coastal and it'll be on ESPN plus at 6 p.m. And then uh, they play at ODU on Saturday at 4 p.m., also on ESPN+. Now, if I could go back to that game, I want to tell you a little bit about it. I was there. First off, the cam was rocking. Um, we got a lot of people, more than I remember when I was in school, going to the women's games. And uh, it was good to see. This program is very, very good. And they will not give up. That's the number one thing that we cannot stress enough. If you've watched their games on TV or if you watched them in person, they just never give up. So let's talk about that just a little bit. Georgia Southern went on a run and we kind of got cold and we kind of uh, were not uh, following the plays that were being called. So our five starters found their way on the bench for the majority of the third quarter. And uh, Coach Kemper put them over there, and uh, we went on a little decent run. But when he put them back in to start the fourth, we still were kind of getting outscored, and we were down 79-58 to 58 with about six minutes left. What did we do when we're down 21 with six minutes to go? We scored 22 in a row to be up 80-79. to 79. And we lost 83 to 80 on four foul shots at the end of the game. We had plenty of opportunities to, to go in. And I got to tell you, not only did they not give up, not only did they score 22 in a row, but they played five girls from Georgia Southern and three refs in that game. And <laughs> I, I have never seen it that bad. Other people, when I commented on it and tweeted about it uh, from the game, other people were reinforcing, you know, if they were there in person or they were watching on TV, they reinforced what I said. This was the worst called game I've ever seen in my life. It was all one-sided. 
and I would never accuse a refereeing staff of having money on the game. I, I I'm being serious when I say this, but it could not have been more like that was what was going on. That's what that's how bad it looked. I'm not suggesting that's what was there, but that's how bad it looked is you could almost see, well, it's a charge down here, but down here it's a blocking foul Mm -hmm. when it's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. You know, over here is a ticky-tack reach-in foul. Um, It it was bad. And Tony Kemper and his crew, I mean, he had a game plan. None of those girls gave up, and that's the way they've been doing countless times this year. Um, You know, they've been down by a bunch, then they make a run, they win the game, or they make a run, and they barely lose. What that tells me is they're building up for when it comes time for tournament time. And we're still talking about a bunch of transfers and first-year players that are still learning to play together. And we just started the Sunbelt Conference play. Mm-hmm. That when it comes tournament time, these girls, I think, are going to be a well-oiled machine and they're going to make a run. Yeah, let's let's go back and talk about two, – it's two tough losses, right? And you talk about James Madison, that a seven-point loss – and that is a great a 13 James and two James yeah. Madison team. And that one was, you know, it was, it was fairly tight with, uh, what was that down by four? No, down by two with just under four minutes to go. So it was yeah. nip and tuck to the very end. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about already the fact that they started out with an overtime win and then they had a big comeback win against app state and, and we're coming home with a little bit of momentum and we're thinking, all right, we kind of got this going. And, and they they run into two really rough teams. James Madison, really good. Georgia Southern, also really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, thir- an 11-2 and two team after that game. But to, if you don't – you can say, well, they lost, it doesn't matter. Or you can say down by 20-some and you rip off a 22-point run to take mm-hmm. the lead and some, you know, some foul shots are the difference at the end. Uh, I'm willing to take the positive out of that and keep driving home. The point that we keep driving home is that if you don't quit, if you don't think you're out of it when you're down by 20 some with, you know, halfway through the third or starting the fourth or whatever, and you're just willing to claw back, you're going to win some games. That's just the way it is. Some of those games are going to come out on top because not every game you're going to go down by 20. You know, so if you're down by eight and it's starting to be crunch time and you're not batting an eye because you, you've been there before, we know we can score, we know we can get hot and go on a run, well, then you're comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's kind of what it's all about. And you're right, when it comes to be tournament time, that's a dangerous recipe for a team. They don't, they're they they're comfortable playing from ahead and they're just as comfortable if they have to come back and make a run late in the game. They don't sweat it. So as as long as you've got effort and as long as you've got the attitude that we're never out of a game, I don't think any team wants to play a team like that because that's you as the as the opponent you're thinking we're 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 throttling them right now and they yeah. just keep punching like yeah. you're down by twenty and you just keep punching like go away but they won't go away that's what we like right that as herd fans doesn't matter what team it is we love that we love the don't give up attitude we love the what we will finger quote it and call it the blue collar attitude, right? Because that's kind of what we are as a fan base. We have to do mm-hmm. things, you know, it's a little harder for us. We have to do things with, with, with not as much given to us. It's a tougher road to success as a, just as a herd fan in general. And that really strikes a chord with a lot of us and me in particular. So you may, you may be staring down the barrel of being nine and six right now, but so what, you know, you're still getting 
pretty good individual performances from some folks in this Georgia Southern game. Uh, it was most of the scoring was done by um, three three players. Two of them you can probably guess: Abby Beeman, Rochelle Scott. Twenty four for Rochelle Scott in twenty six minutes. Twelve for Abby in twenty nine minutes. But you get a unbelievably I don't want to say out of nowhere performance, but not it's it, Ariana Redmond's not one we've seen in the scoring column in a big way up until this point. She goes for 18 points in nine, 19 minutes. So she mm-hmm. had the hot hand. The herd as a whole was shooting just under 50% from the floor in that one and 30% from behind the arc. So they're right there. A bucket here yeah. and a bucket there. A call here or a call there. And this is yeah. a different score. It was free throws. They were eight yeah. for 19 from the charity stripe. See that that we've seen that sink them in in this mm-hmm. last game or one what was which was it James Madison where that sunk two, them two games away yeah yeah two games ago so that will jump up and bite you you know we all know you got to make the free throws but uh, I, happened I, to Georgia Southern too when we yeah. played we'll talk about that in a minute yeah I contend that most of it is if if you got the heart and the work ethic to keep fighting and clawing you're gonna come out on top in some of these hard fought games we've already seen it so. As you face teams that may not be as deep or as talented as James Madison, Georgia Southern, you're going to start coming out on top of a lot of those games. So if you're not getting out to the cam, first of all, get out to the cam. We give tickets away to all the home games. It doesn't matter what sport it is. If it's a ticketed event, we give tickets out to it. So mm-hmm. we're always giving tickets out to the women's games. Mm-hmm. And all you, I mean, basically, they're general admission, the whole camp. Yeah. So you show up and sit kind of where you want. I sat front row right behind the uh, the bench, Marshall's bench. How can you beat that? You can't. And to get free tickets to boot, just go see them. We're making it really easy for Herd fans to get out there and support these teams and uh, you know, cheer on everybody. You, we, we want everybody to be a fan of the athletic department, not just a football fan, not just a men's basketball fan or a baseball fan or a volleyball fan. We want you to be a Herd Athletics fan, and we're making it really easy for you to go to these games. So do your part and get out there and go. Yep. Uh, keeping it with the round ball, we're going over to the men. They at Georgia Southern on Thursday, 81 to 76. And we had talked about that with free throws. Uh, they ended up beating Coastal at home. I went to that. That was the second game of that doubleheader, 81 to 66 on Saturday. Coming up, um, if this show is on Thursday, it's a big showdown tonight. Yeah. We are uh, looking at what may be the number one, number two uh, teams going against each other in the Sun Belt in Southern Miss and Mark. That game has been bumped up to ESPN 2, so it's a 9 p.m. game. And then on Saturday, it's actually sold out uh, at 7 p.m. on Saturday, host Old Dominion. And that is um, with the... Uh, cheer camp that we had discussed on last week's show and everything. So uh, they'll have that at halftime. Uh, and then they will also have where you can get photos with the Myrtle Beach Bowl trophy. So if you were blessed to get tickets, it's going to be a really packed house there on Saturday. It's going to be a great environment. Yeah. Uh, having a sellout's big time. Having a game elevated to ESPN two mm-hmm. is big time. 
uh, in with that, I, look, guys, I know it. It's Thursday night. It's freaking school night. It's a 9 p.m. tip. There's a lot of reasons to be like, ah, it's too late. Ah, it's a school night. But get your ass out to the cam and yeah. show out on national television. Provide a home court advantage against a really good Southern Miss team. These are the games you have to show up to. It's really easy to go, well, I'll catch them next time. This was a no, no. Be there you for got, these You got to step up and go, right? It You can afford to miss out on an hour's worth of sleep if you're a herd fan to go support the basketball team when you have the opportunity to show out on a national stage these and, are the games and, you got to win and college students uh you're looking at two believe it or not former college students hell kenny was there for 12 years <laughs> but oh that you're not going to be like oh you know yeah study, studying got in the way and i was planning to go to bed by 8 30 yeah no you're not Bull. go to the game <laughs> don't give me that i got at 8 a.m yeah no. Yeah. So what? Yeah. You're 19. Yeah. You can get four hours of sleep, and it's like you got 12 hours of sleep. I know. You're not yeah, lying to me. I know. Game game's gonna be over at 10:30 or 11 <laughs> at the latest, and it's on campus. So I think you can make an 8 a.m. class. Yeah. Go to the game. I'm hoping to be there, and I hope to see it packed out. And uh, we really want to see the stampede and uh, the fraternities, the sororities, the students from everywhere just show up to be uh, packing out that little. Uh, uh, student section. I don't. I shouldn't say little, but you know what I mean compared yeah. to the the full capacity. And uh, fans, we've got to do it as well. You know, it's not just all about the students. We've got to. I don't care if you got to work the next morning. It's nine p.m. Uh, go to the game, man, because this is going to be that game at this point in the season. This is the game. Well, it could turn out to be the game at the end of the season when you're jockeying for seating. You know, this could be the difference in hosting somewhere or going on the road and that's you know you you want to well i guess i guess we're all going on the road because it's it's pensacola we don't do we're out of that conference usa like lumping people together to jockey for position late in the season type deal but still this is one this is another measuring stick game there's two measuring stick games coming up this week and we've talked since the beginning of basketball season how good southern miss is how good old dominion is and some other teams and you've got them both right here on a home swing you've got to freaking show out you've got to show out this is yeah. what if you want championship level teams year in and year out you've got to have championship level fan support and when that and it matters right now so don't give me that well i would or it's too late or what there's a million reasons not to go the main and reason the, to go is that the herd is playing at home and they need your support and these uh Sunbelt basketball teams, especially up at the top, they are feasting on each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's happened to us the same way. You know, Coastal came out with a really big win, and then we were tearing them up in this game. I'm surprised, you know, it was a, a was not as close as 15 points uh, for the final tally. Uh, we seem to be well in control for the majority of this game. And I'll talk about that real quick because uh, we need to uh, highlight the game that Micah Hand locked in. Yeah. Had. Yes, 20, we did. 20 points, 19 rebounds, five blocks. Um, Kenzie was his usual Kenzie line. Um, it, it just seemed like we could do no wrong, but Han Lockton seems to just be developing that streak where early the first couple of games we said, hey, he's great on the boards, he's getting the blocks, but uh, wait until the offense comes around where he gets more aggressive with it. You know, he had the put back dunks. He had the, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 
the flushes down low, you know, just off the block and uh, layups and, you know, tip ins. He did just a little bit of everything that you would expect a guy to do. And this seven foot one guy hit a three. So <laughs> I think the light bulb has come on, you know, not that it was out and I don't want to give the wrong impression, but we talked about like, it's going to click and it's, it, something's going to switch on. And I think this is, it just happened. Right. Yeah. So now he's seeing like, these guys can't really hang with me. Like you I, have, you I can hang with way. anybody in this league. Nobody yeah. in this league is, is, you know, head and shoulders above me. I, he can hang with anybody in that league, anybody. And, and you, I would go a step further to say there aren't too many that can hang with him in that league. So the, the scoring, the rebounding, the hustle is still there. The aggressiveness oh, yeah. is starting to show. I love it. I saw, I watched a little bit of that game. I was able to watch a little bit of it. And, uh, I saw a couple of blocks and, and a couple stare downs after those blocks. And I'm like, there it is. There mm. it is. The, the, the laser beams are starting to shoot out of the eyes a little bit. This is what we like. See, I always saw that on defense, but it seemed like he was just needing to find his place on offense and not, you know, it's maybe not from a lack of desire or whatever, but when you're coming in as a freshman, yeah, it's it doesn't not matter, desire. you know, it, it's, it's just the natural progression of, sure. of working it in. It was the same when Kenzie was here, you know, he wasn't scoring 27, uh, you know, he was, you could see the talent was all over him. Um, but it was finding his place in the offense. And earlier this year on the show, I said, you know, it's going to be great to see when this happens, whether it's two years down the road, whether it's next year, whether it's during uh, the stretch run for the conference championship, or if it's here in five or 10 games. Well, it seems to be, like you said, it's here. Mm -hmm. uh, he has increased his uh, – He's always had a lot of uh, high percentage. I mean, he's seven foot one. He's right around the rim, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's he's had a high percentage field goal rate and stuff like that. It's just the number of shots. Uh, of man, just go be Micah Hanlogton and be dominant and take him over. Yeah, and that's enough, right? Maybe that's what you got to. Maybe what I am is is already good enough, and it is. So now it's just up from here. You know, it's it's not like you have to work up to a point. You're there. Now you get to just improve on what you're doing already. Let's talk about what some of these other guys did. You mentioned Kenzie with 27 points to lead the way for the hurt. He also threw a nine assists, so one away from a double-double that way. Andy Taylor chipped in with 17 points, eight more, uh, well, eight rebounds. Uh, astonishingly enough, no assists in this game. I don't know how that happened, but, man, we talk about him being a ball distributor and one of the best in the conference to go uh, an entire game with no assists. That's kind of like a – Quite, like what is that a typo but no and then of course you, you mentioned micah hand logged in 20 points 19 rebounds needed one more rebound and i was watching at the end of the game and instead of staying down unselfishly i might add instead of staying out down low to get the cheap rebound he went out to defend a three-point shot mm -hmm. and took himself out of position uh to, to get it to get a 2020 game but still amazing effort for this young freshman and and off the heels of that game started garnering even more national attention i saw his name floating around there in some articles and people were talking about this young seven foot seven footer for for marshall um pretty good stuff i'm proud of these guys for the season they're having so far and it's it's a lot of fun to watch again we talked about this a lot with the football team and now we need to talk about it more and more with this basketball team let's appreciate what we're seeing in real time and not talk about man that was a great team four or five years from now. Mm -hmm. Let, let's, let's appreciate what we're seeing now 
and use that energy to propel these guys to the next level, propel them to a Sunbelt Conference Championship, Sunbelt Tournament Championship, and maybe into the NCAA Tournament. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about that Georgia Southern game at Georgia Southern. Um, we were down by quite a bit, and we went on a heck of a run just like the women did. We had every opportunity to win the game at the end. And, you know, we're not all sunshines and rainbows on here. Uh, we had two different opportunities to go down and tie or win the game. And we did not call a timeout and set a play. And we ended up turning the ball over or making bad decisions. And we ended up losing that game. So, no, we're not always going to just be pumping sunshine and saying, hey, everything went smooth. Those are games that we need to win. It was a, it was on the road, and we had a lot to have to come back from. But we had the chance, and that's what this team needs to do is to be able to win that game. Because we win that game, this game on Thursday is a lot different when we're talking about the records and, and where we would be in the pecking order. So... We've got some work to do and I'm still, you know, I'm not down in anybody. I'm not down in any, the, the entire team. It's just, these are those games that you have to win and it happens in football. You lose mm -hmm. to someone you shouldn't lose to happens in every sport, but we need to, we yeah. need to secure these. It's it's that's twice now that we've seen uh Marshall go cold, colder from behind the arc and at the free throw line. And it's been the difference in both games. Yeah. It just has. And it's been tight losses. And if, if either one of those categories are better statistically, Marshall probably wins those games. But to go right. cold from behind the arc and cold from the line is generally not going to be a recipe for success with the type of offense this team runs. You know, So uh, either one or the other or not being cold at all would be ideal. <laughs> but – I get it, uh, but it, no, you're right. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. This team could be 14 and two, really, if if you don't have two just cold nights against really good teams. That's yeah. that's what happened. So you got to win those. These are the ones that that are going to come back to bite you too. I mean, if you want to be that super sunshine guy, you say, well, they're quality losses. I don't like that term because I just don't like the term quality loss. A loss is a loss. A quality is a win. That's quality. Yeah. You know, our four games were all winnable, and that's the the sort of thing that you know, come tournament time, you know, it could be a one and done situation. So you have to be able to win those games. Yeah. But again, I'm not making excuses, and I'm also not down in the team because I am as high on this team as I've been on a Marshall basketball team for as long as I can remember, including 2018 when we went to the NCAA tournament. So, yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. And like we talked about with Coach Huff, the players and the coaches are going to be way harder on themselves than we commentators, fans ever would be. So I'm not telling them anything that they don't already know. Yeah, that's true. Look, if you got, is there anything else for Around the Herd or is that nope, it? That's it. Cool. Uh, there's a couple of big opportunities. Well, there's more than a couple. There's a lot of opportunities in, in the coming days to get out and support Herd Athletics, some big basketball games, and track and field stuff, and 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 swim and dive as well. Get out there and do that. Uh, also, students, join the freaking Stampede, man. Uh, they're making it really affordable to do that. It's it's it, for those of you that don't know that may be listening for the first time. That is the replacement for the 
old Marshall Maniacs. It's rebranded and it's ready to roll and and you need to be a part of it. There are some perks to joining the Stampede um, that you can get all the details there. It's worth it. Let's say that. It's just worth it. And we need you to join and be loud and be rowdy at all home, football, basketball, volleyball, women's basketball, whatever. Uh, we need the Stampede there in full force. Also, Take this opportunity, if you're not already, to click the link in the description and join the Big Green for mm -hmm. as little as $5 a month, and you can set it up online right there. You don't have to call and talk to anybody. You can do it all online. You click that box to make it a, I think, what do they call it, like a forever forever something, forever mm -hmm. payment or something. I don't know, which just means it's going to be an automatic deduction every month until you cancel it, not just for a year until you say, yeah, I'm, I'm good. So as little as five bucks a month to join the big green. You don't need a million bucks. I don't have a million bucks. I don't have a lot of money I can throw at the big green, but I have some and I throw that at them because I like herd athletics and I want to see us win championships and I want to see us compete at higher levels. We all have got a little bit of money that we can afford to set toward this. I mean, how many streaming services that you have that you don't watch? cancel one of them and join the big green with that five bucks well we've talked about joining the big green we talked about it earlier when we were talking to coach huff five dollars a month is what it costs you and what you get back is infinite depending yeah. on where you're going to uh uh these uh places these businesses around town that have made this such a value you know yeah. you can you can theoretically make money for it may be places you're already going and patronizing yeah you can offset the cost of that $5 a month, 60 bucks a year, several times over. If you're going out to eat several times a month with a family of four, you need to pick up some new herd gear. The The, the list of vendors around the, the area, the Huntington area that, that will give you a discount just for being a big green member is quite long. And I guarantee you, you can, you can make back the cost of your big green donation. Just join, just join. There's yeah. no reason not to also, uh, there's a link to the Thunder Trust in the description as well. We mentioned that earlier with Coach F. Just wanted to reiterate that. Uh, that's Marshall's. I can't say Marshall's official because Marshall isn't official, but it's yeah. it, it's the one that we feel most comfortable uh, promoting. Uh, the Thunder Trust NIL Collective for the herd. Go to thethundertrust.com and see how you can be a part of the Thunder Trust to make donations. The link, again, is in the description to this episode. All these ways that you can support herd athletics. And if we're going to make a run at championships again, we're going to have to change with the times. If you're one of those that says, man, I don't like the way this is going, that's great. You can not like it, but it ain't going back. You know, it, the world is moving on and we need to be either adapting to the new way of things or get left behind. We can't have it both ways. So, Russ, if you don't have anything else, take us out of here. Well, just like always, when we close out this show, we say whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us at the Dot, whether you see us at the track in the Chris Klein Athletic Complex, or whether you see Russ limping out of the iron lung, which I'm no <laughs> doubt going to have to go into any day now because I cannot kick this. No matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go Hurt. Go Hurt. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you guys next week. Later. <laughs>